Hashtag SAFM LNC. Well, I'd like to welcome our guest, Dr. Matume Hanaha, who is the head of contact tracing and testing at the Community Constituency. Uh, <laughs> there goes my tongue, COVID 19 front. Thank you very much, Dr. Hanaha, for joining us this evening. How are you doing? I'm good on you, Patricia. I'm good. Thank you very much for asking. Today we're talking about the stigma impacts that uh, we have been observing around COVID-19. And um, yesterday, I remember we had a discussion with uh, one of the education um, uh, SATU education uh, unions and uh, the representative was just talking about the fact that you know even some schools are not uh, free to come out and say we've had a case of COVID-19 people are not coming out uh, institutions teachers as well because of the stigma around COVID-19 and this is clearly something that is bothering a lot of us South Africans why is there so much stigma around this particular pandemic and disease? Well, I mean, in terms of, of, of stigma, maybe um, just to give a bit of background, you know, it's, it's so that there's just uh, an all-round understanding. It's, it's, so in the health context, you know, when we talk about stigma, it's, it's, it's a negative association, uh, you know, uh, that is either on an individual or a group of people because of uh, particular characteristics or a specific disease. So... In terms of the impact of that, it can be quite um, devastating. And to go to your question exactly, you know, one looks at three uh, main reasons that there would be stigma around COVID-19. One is that it's a it's a new disease, so uh, within that context, there's quite a number of unknowns. Uh, we know that the first report, I mean, was around December, and from a scientific point of view, there's still a lot of, you know, emerging information. That 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 uh, and to the broader public, and we know that. Secondly, is that uh, generally we tend to be afraid of the unknown, um, and 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 then of course, um, it is also although it is a pandemic, uh, but the third aspect is that you know, it's it's it certainly the way it was introduced, it was associated with the other. You know, you remember it was it was China, and then it was white people, and then. You know, it was people who travel. So, so there's the othering of, of the condition. So in terms of why the stigma, it's, it's around those three factors that, that tend to drive stigma uh, quite, quite um, uh, sharply. Very similar to what happened when uh, the HIV uh, disease broke out and, and globally. A lot of people obviously associated with a lot of stigma and education was one of the things that brought us out of uh, the mindset that we had. How do we then with the COVID-19, remove the mentality of stigmatizing people who have contracted this disease. And especially with the fact that we currently don't even have many um, facts around the disease. So, so in terms of removing the disease, um, I mean, again, maybe one will, will look at three key aspects. One is that uh, we need to look at in terms of what causes stigma, which I just mentioned. So information, education, and communication is central. We need to inform people uh, so that people are empowered around that information. That becomes absolutely critical. Um, and I think generally we can agree that, uh, you know, unlike the HIV epidemic, we have done far better. You know, uh, we communicated early 
the information is transparent, there's daily reports. So when people are empowered, you know, there's the, the, it creates a conducive environment. Even the fact that we're discussing it so freely, um, you know, on, through the media, it, it says quite a lot. And we, we've, I think, if I'm not mistaken, not a day has gone by without any media outlet or us as South Africans discussing, you know, uh, COVID-19 at some level. So by making sure that we put it out there, that's very important. Um, and then the second part, I think it's important that we words matter. So we, we need to look into the do's and don'ts in terms of how we, we address stigma. I mean, if I may highlight just a few. Uh, I mean, one, fortunately, you know that the very key president who would call it the Chinese virus or things like that. So we must avoid that kind of language. You know, let's stick to the, you know, the new coronavirus, COVID-19. Let's stick to the science and not, and not group it, um, you know, in, in, in that sense. Um, and, I mean, it's also important that even the language that we use, but also for media, but also for the space uh, in the health fraternity, you know, that we, we, we talk about, you know, people who have COVID-19 and avoid using words like, you know, COVID cases or, or COVID-19 victims. Uh, you know, we talk about, you know, there's the right words we say, you know, people who may have COVID-19 instead of using words like COVID suspects or COVID cases. So, so what I'm trying to say is that words, words really matter. You know, I mean, if somebody gets, Infected, you know, you talk about acquiring or contracting uh, COVID-19. You know, avoid using like transmitting or infecting others. So, so those those words are, are key, and and we also shouldn't scare people. That's also important. You know, uh, put in fear like apocalypse or the, the plague. So we must be accurate. You stick to the data. I think the Ministry of Health has done very well on that in putting out this effect so that people are. Uh, are empowered and also just be careful around you know words like you no know, words like isolation you know uh, those words they, they can scare people in terms of those who get infected so now you're going to get isolated and you know so so we, we and we must also empower people around things that they can do you know uh, you show the washing hands of the cough etiquette and so forth as opposed to putting out information too much that just empowers people, you know, uh, um, and and so we must use information, even though it's fact, very strategically. Uh, there's nothing wrong with models and showing the numbers of people who will get infected or those who may lose their lives, but the emphasis must be more around what people can actually do so that communities feel empowered Let's as opposed to, yeah, this mm. uh, unstoppable... Um, situation. Doctor, let's take a bit of a breather. When we come back, I'd like us to look at uh, communication via the social media because I think that's where most of the scare and false reports come out and how that can be curbed. This is SAFM leading the late night conversation. Late night conversations. Late night conversations. Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight.
20 minutes after 10 on SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. My name is Patricia Nduli. I'm chatting to Dr. Khanyaha, who is talking to us about uh, the stigma around COVID-19 and how we can eliminate the stigma by getting more education around the pandemic and also supporting people who have contracted uh, the disease. Remember, you can interact with us by calling on 0614-104-107. That's for WhatsApps. If you want to call, it's on 0891-104-207-011-714-4045. Dr. Khanyaka, now I'd like us to talk about social media. We are aware that a lot of scare stories and false news disseminates through social media so quickly. And especially when it comes to people who might have Um, people with COVID-19 or have now become um, healed of COVID-19, what would the law's role be in making sure that people who are perpetrators, if that's the right word to use, in stigmatizing Mm. those who had COVID-19 or have COVID-19 or stigmatizing a particular school based on a case of COVID-19 be? What is the law's role in this? So... uh I mean, we we do know that when the state of disaster was national state of disaster was instituted, uh, one of the the, the acts uh, around the, the national state of disaster was the the around fake news and the persecution thereof. Um, and and so we we know it's a, it's a, it's a it's an offence punishable by law in terms of spreading um, uh, you know fake fake news, uh, but. You know, to be honest, uh, Patricia, uh, I, I strongly am not big on punitive measures uh, because they've got their limitations. Uh, what what we really need to do is to ensure that we either uh, empower, you know, people so that uh, people are not are, are knowledgeable, uh, especially those who, and also, but reach out to 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 those who, you know who tend to do the, the spreading of the fake news and transform them. Uh, but we can also counter, um, you know, uh, 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 directly uh, those and, and use what's within our power and influence because you're absolutely correct when you're saying, you know, especially through social media, it's, it goes viral very quickly, it spreads very, very fast and it's used quite, quite broadly. So we need to make sure that we, even before we even counter, we are proactive in spreading the facts, and 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 I and I think the media here has a critical role to play, particularly during a, a time of of a pandemic, where you know we are proactive in being consistent and timely uh, in, in 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 distributing information. And I think uh, what we did exceptionally well, which we failed dismally with the TB HIV era was was being precisely that in terms of consistently and timely you'd know that our stats um, i mean i was having worked in the hiv space also a lot you know uh, i would get our stats those who were part of the clinicians and management teams you know we talk about quarterly reports uh, but the general public would get probably like annual reports um but with COVID, it's like daily so that keeps people informed um, about where it's 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 the spread happening, and they get an idea in terms of the the the, the rate and empowerment. So when you talk about fixing the caps, people are able to link their behavior with the outcomes, 
and that empowers people. So, so it's very important that you know we we we, we engage uh, through through that and with social media as well. Influencers are still quite important, um, and we need to reach out to them. Uh, and when I say influencers, I'm not just talking about your um, inverted commas celebs. Uh, but you know, influential people, religious leaders, even in communities, um, there's people, traditional leaders, there's people who uh, communities just also relate to, uh, could be in sports, arts and culture as well. That we need to make sure that we put in the in the forefront. And we've seen also how when people that are, you know, influencers come out and and they also indicate that they're infected. You know, it it begins not to other the condition so people feel more comfortable that you know uh, it is not just an isolated and when they see also recovery uh, from those they they also feel hopeful and empowered um so so those are some of the the, the, the interventions that we can do through social media by countering uh, the negative aspect of it. Now, in terms of, um, you know, allaying fears in parents, educators, administrative staffs, in um, education institutions, what is it that we can do to ensure that, yes, our students and our educators are well-informed, but also are not fearful? Because we are aware that schools, especially for grade 7s and grade 12s, are already open. But as the, 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 the months progress, other grades will be opening up. And I think, as a parent myself, there's obviously a lot of questions around how do you then allay fears in your child? A couple of weeks ago, we spoke about schools opening, and one parent called in and said their child was standing outside the school gate crying, not wanting to go in because of the fear of catching COVID because we were told stay in the house, uh, you're under lockdown because of COVID. Now all of a sudden go to school. So how do we then relax these fears so that we are also not causing um, ourselves to, to, to be stressed? Yeah. 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 Uh, the, the science, we have to stick to the science. That's, that's very important. Um, and when I say the science one, I'm talking about both the facts around, you know, um, good prognosis and the fact around bad prognosis risk factors we, we so so that people are truly empowered um so the more we hide information the more we sort of like try to manage information in an inappropriate way that can elevate stigma but also sticking to the science we do now know that the risk profile is not the same in terms of COVID for all of us. We know that the elderly, for instance, we know that people with comorbidities, particularly around, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, cardiac or, or heart conditions, diabetes, um, you know, those who have uh, uh, quite obesity and people who have low immune systems or treatment of cancer, those are people at risk. So it's important that those individuals are firstly they know and are communicated and empowered and they are protected and those who face less risk they also need to understand um, the risk uh, profile so that you know people don't walk around with undue levels of stresses because we know that in the younger population um, both the rate of infection uh, particularly of the, the severity of infections is, is much, much um, uh, uh, less than the, than the categories I just mentioned. 
So when you look at school-going um, uh, children, we do know that how COVID affects them in terms of uh, severity. They tend to be in the space of mild um, uh, infections, it's basically meaning that, uh, you know, they'll experience the symptoms that we all know about, you know, your fevers, coughs, muscle pain, or what is flu-like symptoms, but they won't necessarily uh, in significant numbers, uh, uh, you know, transfer to needing admissions because of severe pneumonia. Uh, of course, the fear more from, from my side as a clinician would be around the educators. Well, firstly, those learners who are who have the risk profile in terms of underlying conditions, but to the educators as well who are a little bit older on the older side and comorbidities. So we must focus on those groups as opposed to making it a mass, uh, 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 you know, hysteria. Because not everybody has the same risk profile. We do now know have, have the data um, to say that uh, you know, uh, you know, those who are younger and who do not have any comorbidities rarely experience anything that is moderate or severe. Uh, but that is not to say that there will be some isolated cases who would need hospitalization. And indeed, there will be those who, although they are young, uh, may, without any condition, may succumb to the ailment. Now, uh, Doctor, just to allay my fears as a parent, should my little one come back from school with a bit of the sniffles and uh, sore muscles and uh, flu-like symptoms, should I then be, uh, you know, very concerned or can I get my over-the-counter medications because we are in flu season? Yes, we are in in a flu season, but, um, I mean, uh, currently in the context of, of, of COVID, because it's similar in terms of the, the the symptoms to your common cold. And it's called common cold for a reason because it is quite common. Uh, I mean, firstly, um, you know, we, we do uh, encourage, you know, from the clinical side to strengthen the, the area of, uh, which is part of the work that we do, of contact tracing and screening. Um, as well as testing, and by that I mean that uh, you know we we try and link up the cases to somebody who was exposed to a case. Uh, by strengthening that, it becomes much more uh, targeted, uh, so that we again we just don't have this mess unnecessary hysteria, and we're able to quickly isolate those who are truly firstly positive and those who have been exposed. So that's why. But the second aspect is that uh, with COVID, you know, the technology has moved very quickly in our ability to test. Uh, so, I mean, if there is a concern, um, particularly with the display of the symptoms, it would be important to, to, to you know, to, to contact, you know, um, if you have a family doctor or you can contact the central line. COVID, you know, the, the, is it 0829 um, uh, uh, and, and, and get a test organized. But more importantly, it's prevention. So we wouldn't start on that side, uh, Patricia. You know, the, the prevention aspect is going to be central in, in making sure that that's where we, we emphasize, uh, you know, uh, and this is the stuff that we already know, but we have to continuously repeat it, uh, particularly to the younger ones, 
as some of these measures may be quite difficult in terms of social distancing, you know, not shaking hands, not coming close to each other, keeping uh, the older ones, the two young, the young ones must stay away from masks. But for the older ones, you know, to keep the, those masks on and wash their hands quite regularly. So that's the area that we must emphasize. Excellent, uh, Doctor. I think uh, more awareness is really, really needed. And uh, the more we hear and understand how COVID works, we hear and understand how, um, you know, the healing process works. It, it, it really does allay a lot of our fears. And I think it would, if it is at all possible, to find uh, people who have uh, recovered from COVID to come and tell us about their experience because the number, the case numbers of people who have recovered from COVID is quite high as well. And that would also bring a bit of comfort to us as South Africans. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and we've done exceptionally well again on that. And I think it's it's fair that we compare uh, ourselves with a, a, a current epidemic that we're dealing with, you'd know that in the days of, of HIV, it was incredibly difficult for and you know for people to come out. More so if they were um, you know had had social status because there would be fear around the stigma losing social status, which are some of the impacts of 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 of, of, of stigma and being discriminated. Um, and, and so forth. But we've seen with COVID, uh, you know, quite a number of even high-profile individuals very early on, you know, coming out to say, you know, they've contracted COVID and taking us with us to, the, you know, taking their followers and communities in general through the journey so that people could get a first-hand experience of what a person with COVID goes through. And it's going to be very important that, um, of course, we still respect confidentiality, but it's it's going to be absolutely important that, uh, you know, uh, for those who choose to come out, um, you know, uh, uh, to, to empower uh, communities in, 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 in that regard. And the data also tells us that close to 50% of the people that have tested, with, uh, I mean, so far we've tested just below 120,000. And and just uh, close to 60,000 have already recovered. Uh, we know that the recovery rate is quite high. Um, only a few will require, um, an, uh, 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 you know, admission. A few are, will, 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 be, will be lost to, to, to COVID. But we must emphasize the recovery so that people do not get into a state of paralysis and, and, and just fear in, in general. Well, thank you very much, uh, Doctor. It's really, really great uh, to have spoken to you today. Actually, before I let you go, so yesterday um, was the official um, launch of the... the the screening, in inverted commas, the screening of uh, uh, possible candidates for the COVID-19 vaccination. Are you okay? Are you able to tell us a bit more about how that went, and if a lot of people did come out, and what are some of their criteria? Because we are aware that there's apparently criteria um, for people to be able to be vaccinated. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm not directly uh, involved with with with, uh, with uh, personally, uh, but generally, um, you know, uh, uh, when we talk about vaccination, it goes through various phases you know, three or four phases. Um, and um, so usually with the first phase, it would be just to a very small sample of people 
uh, that are identified, um, you know, just a handful, just to check if 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 if, if the the vaccine that you're giving safe uh, in humans. And then once that has been, um, uh, you know, confirmed, then you go to phase two when you check for is it effective, um, you know, is it efficient, but also checking for side effects um, with a larger, a bigger sample. And then with the next phase, you then check a much more bigger sample to check how, how uh, the general population, uh, you know, a bigger sample can handle in terms of effectiveness and efficiency, but also monitoring the side effects. So, but I mean, we've got a, quite a number of uh, clinical trials that are currently taking place um, uh, all over the world. It's in the hundreds. So we we, but we must also be mindful that we don't create the impression. Going to what I said earlier about empowering people, that a vaccine is is imminent. You know, um, generally, it's very rare. For a vaccination, and that those phases that I just spoke about to take anything less than a year. Um, so it's even if you know there was still progress, it may take us a bit of time before we get to the vaccine being available at facilities. So uh, while that is progressive news, we must be mindful that uh, we, we we empower people on things that they can do as individuals as community to protect themselves, which is the basics that we, we've always emphasized. Um, but yes, we are very uh, uh, excited that South Africa is keeping to be at the forefront of science and technology. And we, we've had an illustrious history on that front that we should carry forward here. Thank you so very much, Dr. Matume Khanyaka, for joining us this evening and just helping us to uh, remove the stigma around COVID-19. It's been such a great pleasure having you. Thank you, and uh, thanks to the listeners.